Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Philippe Matthews Show at thepmshow.tv. Named the Oprah of the Internet by Mark Victor Hansen, Philippe Matthews doesn't ask questions that are different. He simply asks questions that make a difference. The Philippe Matthews Show features entertainers, bestsellers, authors, thought leaders, change agents, and world-class experts in the field of personal, spiritual, and professional development. An internet marketing entrepreneur, Philippe is the creator of the How Movement, dedicated to teaching people how to move from the mindset of hope to the process of how. If you are ready to take your life to the next level, move from the mindset of why to the mindset of why not. Tune in right now to this latest latest edition of the Philippe Matthews Show, and watch your life grow. We're back, ladies and gentlemen, on the Philippe Matthews Show, and I have uh, a spectacular uh, uh, lady on the phone uh, with us today, on the show with us today. Uh, she's a best-selling author. Her story is just absolutely empowering. Uh, if any of you out there have ever uh, dreamed of <clears throat> writing a book, living your dreams, becoming a best-selling author, and had any doubts that it could possibly happen, uh, this is the woman who will take away all of those doubts because she has done it, and she's doing it, and she's doing it well. Tamiko Newhouse, how are you, my dear? I am excellent. How are you doing? I am wonderful. I'm, I'm good now that I've got you on the phone. You know, we were talking before, and I was scanning through uh, Facebook uh, and the web and found you and found your story, and I said, oh, MG, I've got to have you on this show. I mean, Google and, and the website is, is a wonderful tool that you can use, and you can find so many different things on the Internet. And so I was very honored and humbled um, when you came across me. So I, I love the Internet. I love it. It's a great tool. <laughs> well, uh, the, the world loves you, and, and I think uh, this is just the beginning of Tamika Newhouse. Uh, you are a force to be reckoned with in the literary world. Uh, let's let's uh, kind of give the people a little bit of uh, your story, your background, how all of this wonderful stuff came to be. Um, where are you from, my dear? Southside of Dallas. Okay, okay. What was childhood like growing up? Big family? I had, my mother only had two uh, two girls, me and my sister. Um, but then we were co-raising my godmother's children, and she had four. So within the household, oftentimes, it would be up to seven people in the house. But then our house was like a revolving door for friends and family. So <laughs> sometimes this year we may have a couple of uncles there, or we may have a couple of aunts there. You know, so it was always people in the house. So it, it was definitely um, a really fun growing up. And, you know, we was uh, very uh, church-oriented. We went to church about five days out of the week, um, wow. very strict upcoming 
Yes, I knew the Bible like the back of my hand. I could quote the Bible. I mean, I didn't listen to any contemporary music or anything like that. Um, I, and I was, I was like just um, to this, kept to myself, this lonely little girl. So I stayed in my room most of the time uh, with me being a baby. Um, I had my own room on most occasions. So I would stay in there and I would listen to music and I would write and I would write songs and poetry and things like that. So that was my life. It, it was pretty um, kind of like the American dream, I guess you could say, pretty solid. solid. So, so where did the writing come in? I mean, you, you kind of said that you stayed to yourself and you were kind of had to be a little creative force under yourself to keep yourself busy. Uh, where, where did the journey of writing begin with you? The journey of writing began probably around third grade. Um, I had to have been about eight, and my teacher had a sign for us to write a story. I can't remember what the basis of it was for, things like that. And then ironically, the year before in second grade, um, I have, was assigned to write a poem about Martin Luther King, and that poem had got published in a local newspaper. Um, and so the next year in third grade, she assigned us to create some short stories, like a, you know, be very imaginative and things like that. It was part of an English assignment. Um, and from there, when I created the story, uh, which I still have to this day, um, I fell in love with just creating people in my head because I didn't actually have friends. I wasn't naturally sociable. And I didn't really know how to really adapt to my surroundings and my society and kind of vibe with other kids my age. So writing was my scapegoat because I was the outcast. It wasn't that I was, uh, you know, weird and I dressed crazy or I looked funny. It was none of that. I was just very antisocial. I didn't really want to fit in. And a lot of times some of the things the girls would do, I didn't necessarily want to do. I was just different for some reason. Mm -hmm. I never understood why I was different. It wasn't until I got older where I understood start to understand why I was different and what my purpose in life was. But definitely around, around the time of third grade, you know, just creating those short stories, I just knew that, you know, I, I love doing this. It's something that, you know, it, it gave me life. You had a video somewhere that said you kind of suffer from low self-esteem or issues because of, of being dark-skinned, and, and uh, those are some of the uh, demons that I guess kind of uh, plagued you a little bit. Uh, talk to us a little bit about that. About um about my self esteem growing up. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, I struggled with my whole identity. I guess you can say I had an, uh, a a level a point in my life where I didn't quite understand why I was being treated verbally abusive. Um, mm. and she told me I was this and I was that, and I believed her. So my self esteem was very, very, very low. Mm. Um, and I had to. It wasn't that someone had to come to me and tell me no to me because you are beautiful, you are this person. It wasn't just that. It got to the point where I was in the mirror and I didn't see the same thing that she was telling me. So it was like I, I, I forced my own self to not believe uh, the, those critics that she was giving me. I, I didn't believe it at all. And so growing up, it's, I think that kind of um, played into the fact where I couldn't, vibe with other females and I didn't 
naturally have friends. I didn't get invited to parties and things like that. It was, I, that was just never me. I didn't have any friends, I, 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 and I just never did. So even with getting older, um, I started to really come into my own and just be um, be confident within myself. I was my own pep squad. I didn't need anybody to cheer me on or anybody to, you know, feed into my ears that I was this great person. I just made the conscious decision that I was this great person. I didn't need anybody. Wonderful, wonderful. This is beautiful. So you basically reprogrammed yourself. Exactly. And um, and I get asked a lot of times, well, what if someone can't naturally become um, confident in themselves? What if they actually need that extra push? What do you tell them? And my advice to someone who is being mentally abused or physically beat down is to find someone to talk to. If you can't get out of that rut on your own, be strong enough to admit that you need help and you need some encouragement. Mm-hmm. Well said. I love that. I love that. As you started to uh, reprogram yourself, uh, have a larger vision of yourself, uh, you got hit with uh, a, a personal loss, and that was the loss of your mother. Can you talk to us about that? Yes. Uh, within the the age of 12, after I, I wrote my first novel, up until the age I turned 20, um, I, I grew up fairly quickly. I became a mother at 16, um, and therefore my whole dynamic and my, my whole life pretty much changed. I lived the life of maybe like a 35-year-old. I would go to school, um, then I would go to work, and I would come home, and I would take care of my child. And then also I would help my mother. And my mother was disabled. She was sick. She struggled with diabetes, high blood pressure, overweight, um, a lot of that. So me becoming pregnant at that age definitely did not help her um, in the very beginning because obviously she did not want that life for me. But I like to to see it now that when I look back at it, my daughter coming to her life, the, the last three years of her life, um, gave her more life. I feel like she lived longer than what she did because mm. my daughter gave her more life, gave her more purpose. When my daughter came out of me, my, my, my daughter was drawn to my mother's hip. Like my mother wouldn't let me do absolutely anything. She wouldn't even let me get her ears pierced until she was like nine months. She was that very protective <laughs> of my daughter. And I thought that was pretty funny. You know, a lot of times in my head, I was like, I wanted to say, Mama, I thought you didn't want me to have no baby. I wanted to say that. But, of course, I didn't want to get knocked across the head, you know, for trying to have a smart mouth. <laughs> um, but um, around the time when I was 20, uh, my mother's um, health really started to um, deplenish uh, dramatically. Um, and she used to say, like, really slip things out of, you know, her mouth, like, when my mother, my me and my dad would go see her, my daughter was about three now, and she would give her, you know, a piece of candy. I asked my mother this one day, I was like, Mom, why do you always give her a piece of candy when she comes see you? She don't need all that candy. And her response was, well, I want her, this is just something I want her to remember me by. I was like, hmm, like, what does she mean by that? Um, my mother ended up passing. Um, when I was 20, not in a very early 20 at that. She did, she passed 20 days after her 52nd birthday in mm. September, and I was maybe 20, uh, 20 for only maybe three or four months. So I was just now out of my, fresh out of my teens. Um, and that was one of the, the darkest periods in my, you know, in my whole life. I can't even tell you. I honestly, God, cannot remember 
three to four months in a time frame after her death until, you know, I kind of came up out of that depression. But within mm-hmm. that time frame, I, I ironically wrote a book called The Ultimate No-No. That's the only thing that I really remember because every day I was also pregnant with my – I became pregnant with my second child. Ten days after she passed, which is crazy, um, and so here I was, not only emotionally just from the new hormones that's going through my body, but I was also depressed because I lost my mother. And uh, within the, the middle of my grievance, my lowest point of my life, God blessed upon me to be able to write this book that would end up changing my life again, my the whole dynamics of my life. And mm-hmm. because of that whole dark period, it's like here I am standing today in my purpose in the midst of my storm in the midst of my struggle. I think that that's really, really kind of interesting how God kind of works sometimes because something he will throw you a curveball to see if you can really knock it out the park. And so I think I'm not at the park, but I'm still trying to, you know, get there. I'm still racing to get to, you know, my final well, You're doing very well in terms of knocking it out of the park, let me tell you. Uh, <laughs> well, thank you. You're welcome. You dedicated your publishing company to your mother. Yes. Uh, and... Um, Gosh, you have uh, over 11 books that you've published now? Oh, my God. I think uh, we're, we're tapping at 30 books now that, that oh, I've published. Excuse me. I'm so Delphine. sorry. <laughs> over 30 books. My goodness. I yeah. Through, uh, yeah. What you had on Kindle on, on, on Amazon. My gosh. So let's, let's talk uh, some books. You also uh, publish other uh, authors. Is that right? Not just you. Yes. Yes, um, I have 11, 12 authors now, um, and myself makes 13, um, and it consists of two teens, two males, and the rest are females, young and old, and we all write differently. We all have our different voices. Uh, of course, I don't want to publish everyone that writes the same, writes the same genre. So we, mm-hmm. the only thing we don't have right now is poetry and, and Christian. And I'm looking for, you know, I'm still looking for, the, you know, the right artist to uh, to publish in that genre. But right, I, I absolutely love my role as a publisher um, because I, I'm my own boss. Like the other day mm-hmm. on social media, I asked some of my followers, I asked them, true or false, did I get personally fired from 60% of the jobs I've had in my lifetime? Is this true or false? And it is absolutely true. I was either fired or quit almost every job I've had in my life. I am an mm. absolutely horrible employee. <laughs> I, can, I can't work for anybody else. I'm horrible. I would get there, I would complain. I would, unemployable is what they call it. I'm unemployable, exactly. I, and, and when, when, that, when you start to realize that, it's like, okay, well, if I, if I suck and I can't work for anybody else, then I guess i got to work for myself. So that's what I'm doing. I'm working for myself, and I absolutely love it. Well, let's talk about the the the, the writing process. Um, what is your writing process over, over these years? Uh, you sit down what, with a blank sheet of paper or in front of a, a, a you know Microsoft Word. What 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 how, what is your process in, in, in writing? 
When I first got started, I freehand wrote. I couldn't stand to write on the computer. And I wrote also in a large journal, spiral journal, but when it got time to transfer it onto com- to the computer, because my, my writing was weak then, um, it was good that I had to rewrite the ultimate on by retyping it up because I was able to go back in it and add and delete. But now my writing is so much more stronger. Um, I'm able to really build strong scenes and have real strong character development where I just write my books in Microsoft Word. And when I get prepared to write a story, and usually an idea comes into mind. I may say, I want to write about a woman um, who has a broken marriage because of yada, yada, yada. Now, how I get to this to that plot and, and how that plot overall ends, I have no clue because I have an idea in my head and I just start writing. And I would name the people, the random names would just come out, and I just start writing. However, I do not know what's going to happen in the stories until I write it. So as I'm writing it, I'm reading it. And so I, I'm a good, I'm an avid reader as well. I used to be. I can't read anymore because I'm always writing. But when I was an avid reader, um, it was certain things I looked for in a book. So when I'm writing my book, and this, my book personally is good for me, and, I, and it's to the point where I can't stop typing because I need to know what happens next, mm. then I know in my heart that I'm writing a good book. So as I'm writing my book, I'm absolutely reading my book. Wow, that is unbelievable. That is, that is fascinating. That is, so what is your discipline? Do you write every night? Do you write every day? Do you write at a certain period of time? Uh, do you go, know. you know, like Wayne Dyer, he goes and locks himself up somewhere in Hawaii and just in a hotel and just writes? Well, uh, there are times, man, there are about sometimes four months they go by and I may not write at all. But then when it's time to, to put out my next project, I will take at least six weeks and I will reserve that little six weeks and I will write every single day along with doing everything else. And I will finish my book within six weeks. But, of course, I have to still mark it. I have to still be a publisher to eleven to twelve other people. So mm-hmm. nowadays, because I have this publishing company, and then I also have my my book marketing group. So I have two companies, so I have to monitor them every day. I'm not able just to go um, into the safe haven and just escape for about a week. Hi, don't have any connection with social media, um, and just write. I'm not able to do that. Hopefully in the future I will be able to do that soon and I can have someone more hands-on on my book marketing group and I can have a, a right-hand man for my publishing company. Then I can start mm-hmm. Because I always want to be a writer. It's always something I'm going to want to do. But truth be told, I've come to know myself as a businesswoman. And I'm, I'm very business-oriented. I, I have the natural ability to run a business and be creative. So I know that that is my calling as well. So... It's kind of like uh, an artist being the media at the same time. So it's like, how can you be the artist, and then how can you be the media at the same time? So, you know, it's something I'm struggling with because I am the artist and I am the media. It's kind of of difficult, but I, I find the balance. I find the uh, the time to promote and create marketing plans for all of my other authors. I find the opportunity to get their books placed and, and get buyers and things for their books. I have them with their book tours as well as mine. And, yes, I still sleep seven, six to seven hours a day. I still watch TV almost every other day. And then when I do watch TV, it will be about three to four hours a day if I'm watching TV. It's like I utilize every single hour in a day, and I'm making sure that I'm doing something that I love to do. That's amazing. Now, who do you write for? What is your particular audience uh, when when they buy a, a book from to from Tamika Newhouse or they get it for the first time? Who are you writing for? My audience is mainly African American women, um, and it okay. ranges from seventeen on up. 
Um, now my writing has matured a lot more where a lot of older women get my storylines a lot more. Like the Olsen and No-No, my characters were so immature and so young-minded. My older audience, they enjoyed the book, but the book got on their nerves, if that makes sense. And I always try to remind them that, hey, you were once young, and you were once doing some of these things that these ladies in my books were doing. Mm-hmm. If you weren't, Know someone who was. So let's not forget about the immature things we did in our adolescence. Come on, let's let's not forget. So <laughs> now I am. My, my writing has matured a lot more. So people are really starting to embrace uh, a lot more of my older readers are embracing my writing even more now. Now, do you write fiction uh, exclusively, or do you do nonfiction as well? Just fiction exclusively because I love twisting the truth. <laughs> so, so who inspires you, uh, or what inspires you to to write nowadays? What inspires me to write is um, I like money. To be honest, let's let's call it what it is. I like money, and I like to be able to provide for my family. And I know know that I need money to live out, you know, the luxuries and be able to travel and take my kids here and there that I want to. So that is my motivation, too, that I don't want to go hungry. I want to be able to put clothes on my kids' back. So, yes, let's be honest. Of of course, I I want to be able to reap benefits from my dream. But as far as my spiritual motivation, uh, and it keeps me grounded, is that I know that my mother's legacy. I am Delphine's legacy. I tell everybody that. And I have to be a great representation of her name and her legacy. So everything that I say, do, wear, who I socialize with, it reflects who she was. And I'd be damned if I embarrass her. So that is my main motivation um, is my my mother's name and her legacy. And then I I need to leave a legacy of my own for my own children to take forth and be proud of. So, yes, that is my motivation. Oh, that is absolutely wonderful, and uh, uh, heck, I, I think we should just end it right there. How 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 can people get in contact with you? Where can they find your your work uh, online? You can find me on Amazon, all ebook readers like iTunes, Kobo, Sony, Google Playbooks, um, Kindle Nook all of that, um, Barnes & Nobles. Um, you can also find some Adelphine Publications books in Black Expressions um, and some of the Barnes & Noble stores as well. We're definitely growing, definitely getting out there. Uh, my website is my name, TamekaNewhouse.com. I'm on Instagram at BossLadyTamika, Twitter at Tamika Newhouse. My blog is The Passionate Spot. Um, if all else fails, um, just search Tamika Newhouse. I'm on Facebook as well as Tamika Newhouse. I make it really easy. Everything is my name. <laughs> Fantastic. Anything new that we can uh, look forward to from Tamika Newhouse? Yes, my classic series, the Ultimate No-No, you know, that's part one, two, and three. I will be releasing uh, the Ultimate No-No 4 in August. That is the book that I'm currently writing on and putting the finishing touches on. So I'm, I'm taking it back to the very beginning. People just can't let go of these characters. So I'm giving them what they want. I've got a whole twist of a storyline. So look out for the Ultimate No-No 4 um, this August. And then also Arm Charm, um, He's my favorite mistake, too, will be coming out this summer as well. Fantastic. Tamika Newhouse, you are my inspiration and inspiration to uh, millions and millions of uh, uh, wonderful women out there who uh, look up to you and realize that their dreams can manifest if they uh, uh, just uh, raise their self-esteem, see themselves in the future, and become their own own advocate. I really, really admire you and your strength in Tamarini. 
Thank you. I appreciate it so much for you having me on. I wish nothing but the best for you and for you to continue to expand your brand. And I will be watching you as well as continue to watch me. All right. Well, uh, can you do me a favor and uh, make sure that uh, you come back on the show? Most definitely. Next time, maybe I'll come on and see <laughs> Like, I don't sing on key, but I don't mind breaking it down a little bit just to sing a little something for entertainment purposes. So definitely, the next time I come on, maybe I can, you know, spit a couple, you know, lines there. Get a couple notes in there for it, huh? I I mean, I will try my best. I'm not going to guarantee it's going to be on key now. I can't guarantee (laughs) Well, I'm going to hold you to that, my dear Tamika (laughs) Newhouse. Thank you so much for being with me today. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.